This is Unpacking Design. I'm your host, Michael Valley, And I'm Tim Ung. Every week, we talk about the tools and tech that inspires our lives as designers. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Unpacking Design. Tim, today I would like to talk about something that I think is on, maybe not everybody's mind, but it's on my mind um, this time of year, which is sort of like the beginning. We're in the beginning of the new year, so we're reflecting a lot on the last year. And in a lot of cases, we typically, um, pandemic or otherwise, uh, have some sort of celebration for um, the kind of work that was done in the previous year. And that is usually correlated with some kind of award or award show. And so I want to unpack award shows and awards, and I guess more specifically awards, but I want to talk a little bit about how I kind of came to this. So uh, about a month ago, depending on which industry you're in, um, whether you're in uh, video games or media or design, um, the awards for that year might happen at various points, but they're usually around sort of the, either the end of the year, the, the start of the new year. And this all started for me when the design award or the award show that kind of kicks it off for all the things that I start to notice are the game awards. And it's an annual event that sort of celebrates video games and, Um, the people involved in making them. And that's why I'm actually really interested in, because as you know, Tim, I'm very into video games in the first place. And there's something I think that is very uh, relatable for designers to sort of video games in general, uh, maybe even more so than other types of media because of the graphic nature and the experiential nature of video games. So I started listening to um, some podcasts around the game awards, you know, a lot of times they're anticipating what the awards will be or who will get them. And it's, you know, a lot of it is just this sort of show around, um, like what the awards even are. Um, so like it's a, it becomes sort of like this interactive thing where you're, you're participating, but you're, you have no, like, I don't have any influence over who gets an award for some of these things. Right. Um, but it's just an interesting sort of way to look at a profession. Um, And I I think that in, you know, our case specifically as architects, we have sort of the, the annual awards, local, state, national, there are some global or international awards that are out there for architects. And I find that the, the ones that are actually tied to our profession are far less interesting than the ones that are maybe tied to other design professions, or maybe it's just because I'm not in that other thing that they make it a little bit more interesting, but it just tried to make me think about, you know, I've put myself out there. I've sort of put myself into situations where I've either submitted an application for an award or tried to get something because I thought it would further my career or I've, tried to, um, this might sound bad, but try to inflate my resume to maybe like bump it up another notch to like, in some cases, I think, especially early on in my career, like maybe give me a little bit of an ego boost. And I think now, especially as I'm, this is, we're going into my 13th year post, 
uh, <laughs> college. And I just feel less like I care about those things. Um, and I, I feel like they're, they resonate more with me when they're very, um, naturally given. So I, I think of an experience where I nominated somebody who was very close to me. They're still close to me. It's not like they're, they're gone, but they, I nominated them for a mentorship award. And that meant a lot to me because I really did felt like they sincerely deserved it. And, you know, one of the, the best moments I think of my, um, career, you know, to date was being able to notify them personally that I had nominated them for it and that they were going to get the award. And it wasn't a big award, but it was, you know, a, uh, one that was significant to me and uh, this other person because it was a an award for being kind of the mentor of the year in our profession. And, and I think in a lot of cases, there are many architects who would say that they try to do their best to train the next generation. And I think there are other ones that actually do that. And I think that this person specifically really deserved this award. And that's why I nominated them. And that's why they won. But even when I say that, when they won, it's just like this weird thing where it's like, yes, there's probably several other people out there that could have gotten that award that year too. And I wonder how many people either go unnoticed or... Uh, maybe deserve it, but aren't putting themselves out there. You know, we've had some interesting conversations recently about um, the fear of putting yourself out there and, and sharing your work and things like that. And I think to me, the awards should be theoretically in any case, whether it's in video games or movies or music or architecture should really be about the craft and the people. When I think a lot of cases, like I love the Oscars. I am all about the Oscars and making my checklist every year and hoping that I can, you know, guess how many people are going to win. Um, but that feels very um, sort of uh, not fake, but it feels very artificial. It feels like people are chasing the award in some cases. There's you know, like whole marketing plans behind somebody trying to win that kind of award. And I just feel like the, the older I get, the less that I want to be part of that system. Like I would accept an award if it was given to me freely in that same way that I described before for my own mentor, whether it was related to design proper, or it was related to teaching or mentoring, you know, I'd be very appreciative of something like that, but I just I started to question, I guess, the how awards affect us as designers or as people. And I, you know, I don't want to be so cynical about the, the whole process, but I feel like there's a right way to give awards and there's a wrong way to give awards. Yeah, you know, it's it's a really good point. Like when you were talking about that idea of um giving an award versus receiving an award and this idea that when you were younger as a designer, you really focused on awards as a way of building a resume and also as a way for you to also um, inflate your ego in some way and form. Because mm -hmm. when you get it, you're like, yeah, I won. How many other people yeah, applied? You know, I'm right. the best out there. And for, for in that same line of thought, 
there are awards where in most cases you have to pay to yeah. nominate or be nominated. And the one thing that I've always disliked about the award industry, the uh, competition industries is that the people who organize this is typically driven by money. Mm -hmm. It's well, you have to pay to nominate. How many people are you going to nominate, right? Or if you're a firm who has 5,000 people and you want to nominate 2,000, well, now you got to multiply the 2,000 times 400 for each application. And now at the end of the day, you just paid a, a jury of 12 people to select one person out of 50,000 applicants. Right. And now you made hundreds of thousands of dollars and you pay them to select you. Mm. And everyone pays the same price, but you pay and I understand that there's organizing fees and all that stuff. But what I don't understand is when you're doing it for a profession or an industry, mm -hmm. when you're doing that, why should the people have to pay so that you can be nominated to win some award? Right. right? It never made sense to me, especially because you're already paying the membership dues to be a part of that organization. And then the organization uses your competition entry fees. They use your award entry fees in order to then award one person out of the group. It, there's always that idea that someone's benefiting at the end. And there's also, sadly enough, in a lot of industries, the fact that the person who pays under the table can sometimes win an award too, Right. Someone might pay the leading people X amount of dollars to be the award winner. Right. But when it comes to something else where, like you said, the award was nominated and given to someone else, it wasn't the person that applied for it. I think it, it means so much more because it means that someone acknowledged you. And that's what awards right. used to be. It used to be an acknowledgement. It wasn't something that people chased because they simply wanted to have another badge under their belt, you know? But these days, I feel the same as you do, where I stopped chasing awards, not because I didn't want to put myself out there, but it was more so that I didn't want to keep paying all that money, you know? Like, right. like you pay all this money and yeah, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. But ultimately... It just, it didn't seem like something worth having anymore. And I, I think it's when you start moving through the profession too, where certain awards just don't mean anything to you anymore. Yeah. Why should it mean something to you to be a young mentor award now? Right. What does that even mean? But when you win something bigger, like a Pritzker prize, right? That has more meaning to it because it has legacy. And yeah. I think when I look for awards to win, it's more legacy based than it is a name base. It's not, I want to be a mentor and I want to be recognized. It's more, well, what's the biggest mentor award out there and why do people get it? How do you get it? What's the yeah. nomination process like? What's the criteria like? And it comes down to a lot more now for me than the surface level of, I just want that award. It's more, you know, I want to know that there's more meaning behind the award now for me, that there is something to the award where when I receive it, I know that I did something that deserved it. And it was acknowledged that I did this thing, yeah. you know, whether it's benefiting diversity in the profession or if it's designing the most 
greenest building in the world or something like mm -hmm. that. You know, like then that recognition, I think, goes further than just winning an award because I had more money than you did or because I had more followers than you did, you know? Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I hadn't even thought about it in that in the term that you just described. But when you said the word legacy, it kind of triggered something in my mind because um, you mentioned the Pritzker Prize, which uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's like the, it's essentially a lifetime achievement award for architects. And it's only given to, I don't, I don't believe there's a price for entry, but it's basically uh, a jury every year uh, designates an architect who is still, I guess the most important part in my mind to that one is that they're still alive. Um, and it, 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 it's meant for somebody whose legacy is so strong and kind of the zeitgeist of the, um, the culture of architecture or of the, you know, the impact they've had as a professional in the, you know, uh, sphere of architecture that they, are recognized by their peers and by an international body that sort of, you know, wants, wants them to be remembered, I think in some ways, but wants them to, I think of, I can't think of anybody specifically off the top of my head, but I, I you hear the common story of like these artists, you know, hundreds of years ago who, or I guess even more recently who uh, died, not even knowing that they're, work was appreciated only to find out that they're like the classics now, you know, and I feel like the importance of the Pritzker prize specifically is that it's designated to somebody who is still alive and able to, and like experience that as, you know, something that they're appreciated for. Um, the other thing that the word legacy means to me is like, you know, when I, when I think of some of these people who have um, maybe are examples of, having won the Pritzker prize, like I uh, really follow the work of the architect, Tom Main. Um, I know you know this, Tim, but I'm just mentioning this for the, <laughs> the people out there. Um, he's one of the, the architects that I kind of look to for his own body of work and his legacy, uh, partially because he, I think I might have, you know, understood who he was because he won the Pritzker prize and he's gotten notoriety since then. And he's, you know, in his younger days was kind of considered the bad boy of architecture. And it's interesting now um, having seen his, his arc of what his work has been. He has this uh, international firm Morphosis in uh, California that it's, it's done work that is just, you know, mind blowing, but it's, that's part of him. His our other part of his legacy is that he's been a huge force for the education of architecture. And I don't think a lot of people necessarily know that, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting um, sort of part of his legacy that for me elevates his legacy beyond just, you know, one award. You know, I would imagine that Morphosis has hundreds of, you know, architecture awards and maybe even urban design awards and interior design awards and uh, furniture. Like they probably have a bunch of those things. But when I think of the work of um, himself and his office and the things that he's done, there are a couple generations of architects that are going to prosper because you know, Tom Main was there for him, for them when, um, you know, he wanted to teach what he had learned and pass it on to somebody else. And I feel like that's the kind of person that 
you know, I don't know what he's like as a, as a, an actual human being. So um, I'm hoping that he's, <laughs> you know, on the up and up, um, which he probably is, but it's just uh, when we think of somebody and their legacy in relation to being a designer and um, somebody who is, I guess, more deserving. I look at those other qualities now more than I did. You know, I might not have, when I was in school, I remembered, uh, actually, there's this one time, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I was in high school and I was in a, it was either a junior or senior in high school. And I was on a political science class and we were going to, we were on a field trip for some reason. I can't remember where we were going, but I was in the back of the bus and we were passing, um, uh, one of the local Frank Lloyd Wright projects in Buffalo on the way to something. I think we were going to a museum or I don't know where we were going somewhere. And uh, the teacher kind of looks out there and uh, can anybody say who designed that house? And I was like, nobody knew except me. I was like that kid who like, like really loved architecture and was reading all about it at that point. And I was like, Frank Lloyd Wright. And like, I like screamed it and everybody like looked at me and it was like really weird. Um, <laughs> but I just, I remember having that kind of guttural reaction to knowing who the, you know, the, the person who designed falling water or the person who designed the Darwin Martin house or the person who designed this or that has a very different place in my heart. Um, of appreciation than somebody like a Tom Maine, who I know through stories, through reading about his, you know, that Frank Lloyd Wright was kind of an ass in some ways, you know, like he, he could be a little bit arrogant. He could be, you know, there's all these stories about, he wasn't necessarily the best person, right. But he was a great architect. I wonder if, you know, when we're talking about awards or we're talking about accolades or legacy, I, I personally on the right side of history would want to be the person who's more towards the Tom main end of things where it's, you have that legacy, you have that um, impact in multiple ways, but you're not just a designer. You're not just a teacher. You're both or whatever. And I know that we're kind of getting, we're getting a little off the rails here with how, how many story times we're having, but I think that's ultimately what I personally think awards should be geared towards more. And I feel like when you said legacy, it just, it triggered something in my mind, like, that's really what we should, probably should, all should be working towards as designers or, or people who create things for the world, you know, beyond just the thing, you know, like it's, it's about creating that legacy through our efforts as humans too. Yeah. You know, I, I think the other thing that comes with it for me is that when I think of an award that I would want to get in the future or in some way, shape or form, I, I agree with you in the sense that it, it should be something that's nominated. I shouldn't be the one that has to mm. apply for myself, right? Like how egotistical is that, <laughs> that you applied for yourself and paid $500 to get an award. But instead, for me, when I look at awards that are worth trying to attain, it's one that someone else has to nominate you for because it, it means that you were recognized already by someone else. Right. And then the other thing that it has to carry with it is a sense of pride that comes from the person who gets it. Because it means that when you bring up that award, it carries with it some kind of weight that people can feel. Yep. So when you think about veterans who come back from war and they win the Purple Heart or they win something that recognizes the effort, the things that they've done, 
the way that they've served, it has so much more meaning because it comes to show that people saw what you did and that it was something that deserved a round of applause. It deserved people knowing that you were the person that did it, knowing that you are the person who is constantly striving for more and trying to do a little bit more than just the average person. And to me, winning an award that's worth having is one where if you were at a party, you didn't even need to say that it's the award you won. Or mm -hmm. like if someone asked you, hey, have you ever won an award? It's one that you're happy to share. Not one that you're saying because it's ego-driven. Like, oh yeah, I, I won the award for eating the most sushi or you know like something like that like right. or 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 the the better one is like yeah i've got the young designer award and then they're like well from who and then you have to tell them where you got it from and then they're like oh you mean the the award from the architectural record where you had to pay a thousand dollars and there's only like 10 people who actually apply you know like <laughs> when you actually start diving deeper into it and people start to understand how you want it or what you did to get it Sometimes it's not something that you always feel like is something you want to share, right. you know, like there are awards I won in school that I, at the time I was like, so amped up to share it. Cause I was like, yeah, that's a resume builder, you know? And then nowadays I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means anymore. Like, right. what, why does this matter? Whereas there are certain things aside from awards that I actually look at and think to myself, Hey, that, that might be something worth aspiring to. So for me, I don't think I've ever told you this, Mike, but one of the things that I do look forward to trying to get long-term as an architect is into the fellowship of the American Institute of Architects mm. because the process of being nominated into the fellowship means that you need to have 10 years in which you've done so much for the profession in some way, right. and then everyone else nominated you to get it. You need five recommendation letters. You need to go through this rigorous process. They need to look into your ethics. And then if everything passes, you are nominated into it. However, I will also put with the caveat that recently I started to lose interest in getting there. And it's sad to say and to admit that because when I look at the people who are there, mm -hmm. I see that they're all from larger corporations and that a majority of the people who made it there made it there because the people that they worked side by side with nominated them. Therefore, if you're from a small, tiny firm somewhere where there's not many people, the chances of you being nominated are quite frankly low because the people who nominate you need to be part of the fellowship. So if you work in a large corporation, your chances are a lot higher. But what if your ideals don't match with the corporation? Does it mean that the people who are a part of the fellowship are corporation-driven people? No. Or does it mean that the people who are part of that and have that fellowship name actually believe in something more? And the other thing that I'll mention, and this isn't a lot of people, but it's a majority of the people I've met who, who are in the fellowship, there seems to be this weird traditionalist mindset of this like, posh lifestyle i don't know if that makes sense but it's like it's like the people who walk through life like they float right and they like tell yeah. you something like like as if they know more than you ever will because they've got that letter in front of their name and you're like oh man do i want to be that person <laughs> or do i do i want to associate with that 
Um, and then you know that like there are the big name architects out there who have that, right? They've reached that level and they're recognized. And you're like, wow, I want to be like them. So like you're, you're always battling through these different types of awards and recognitions that you could get. And for me, that is one of the things I've always looked forward to trying to get. But I think ultimately the idea of winning an award kind of started going away because I started focusing so much more on just creating so much and being a creator that ultimately I hope that one day the work that I'm producing will be acknowledged, but not because I put it out there and applied and paid money to be acknowledged, but that someone like you or someone like the people at my office or someone out there who follows me on Instagram saw what I was doing, loved the work, thought that it was cutting edge or thought that it was, you know, helping in some way and then put themselves out there to nominate me. Like to me, that feeling that would come with, wow, I did all this work and a stranger is the one that nominated me to win, you know, like that carries with it much more than the award itself does. So that's why I think I focus so much more on the nomination than being the person that has to nominate myself. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there are, um, there are only a couple people that I even know of that are in the fellows. Um, but the people that I do know, I think I know them because, you know, they're the um, the Bob Borsons of the world. That was the first person that came to mind that you know probably deserves to be there because he's very talented in terms of design. He shares what he knows with a lot of people. He's a popular architecture blogger. So you, he got that from teaching what he knows and sharing it and putting himself out there and um, being just very kind. I've always known Bob to be very kind in person. And um, whenever we've talked through blogging and he's, you know, one of the people that I looked to when I started my blog. And, um, you know, I think that when we talk about these qualities of legacy, whether or not he would agree with me. I think, you know, Bob has some of those qualities where he's just doing things and he's not necessarily looking for those accolades. He's just doing things and putting himself out there in a way where um, he's disconnected. Like I'm sure he appreciates being in that position and having been nominated. And um, I think if I remember when he was nominated, he didn't have like a lot of people that were, you know, he, I don't think he was in that corporate setting when he got nominated. I could be wrong, but he just, because he put himself out there and shared what he knew, a lot of people probably did put themselves out there for him. And I feel like that's something that, uh, to your point, Tim, probably just comes with a, like a more pure legacy of, you know, what you're trying to do, what your values are, things like that. And, you're on your way, Tim. If you want to be a fellow, I, <laughs> I think you'll probably get there. <laughs> well, you know, and so so I, I'm actually going to pivot and transition this conversation in a way that you probably didn't even expect. So one of the things that I actually look forward to doing when I think about awards, joining at a higher level and memberships and stuff like that mm. is getting there, getting the award, because as a person of color, I want to change the list of people who have won. Sure. Because in our profession, at least as, a, as architects, we are still in a profession where there's a lack of color. Mm -hmm. There aren't many people who are in a minority 
groups who make it to a point where you are recognized for what you do or who are supported until they reach that level. It's changing very quickly in the world that we're in now, but that, that isn't to say that it's still so difficult for people of color to be in a profession where they are still a minority, to be mm-hmm. recognized for something. And at that time, to be a person of color, it comes with a double-edged sword to win an award. Because sometimes you question, did I win this award because they felt sorry for me? Or did I win this award because I deserved it? And there's this weird dynamic. And I I don't know if any of you listening to us out there ever felt that way, especially if you're a person of color who's won an award or who's been acknowledged for something. But sometimes there's just this weird thought that runs through your mind that's like, did I get this because I actually deserved it through my work? Mm -hmm. Or did I get this because at my firm, I'm the only person of color. Quite frankly, at my firm, I'm one of like four people of color out of 50. And when you think about that, you're like, oh, man, when you think about every other firm in Buffalo, New York, Mm -hmm. there are a handful of minorities working at them with the exception Mm -hmm. of one. One firm has a lot of minorities. And you start thinking about this and then you're like, okay, if I look at the people who are on boards, how many minorities are there? There's only one firm in Buffalo with a minority on the board or two. Right. And then when you think about um, the people who win awards and you look at the faces on there, you'll see that there is there are men and women winning it, at least in our profession. But when you start looking into it and you start to look for people of color winning the awards, you don't see people of color. Mm-hmm. And I've been in groups where we have this discussion about uh, minorities. And and then there's usually a discussion about women versus uh, colored and uh, struggles that we experience. Mm-hmm. And during that discussion, it typically starts to le- lead towards women's rights and what women deserve. And then the minorities in the, in the group support all of that. And then I, I've always found that it starts to taper off and it becomes how do we support the women, but not the people? It doesn't really focus on the people of color. And so for me, in a way to bring this all back, I focus on some awards and I, I hope to win some awards in the future because I want to start changing the faces that we see that show up when you search for an award, that show up when you look at a board of people, that show up when you look for a higher level of recognition so that it's not just one race. But it's a multitude of people. And, you know, in in a weird way, it's what makes me fight so hard and do so much because it always feels like I need to work twice as hard to make it to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And when I think about an award, that's what I think about now, too. It's not just about am I going to win this or not, but it's more about which awards are the ones worth winning because it would change the face of the people that you see. Yeah, Because now you can be a part of that discussion and you can say, hey, I was one of the first people of color who got this award. You can get it too to the next person of color so that people can start aspiring to more than just the ones that they can be given. Yeah. So, Do you ever feel like, and I'm only asking this because you brought this topic up, you went down this rabbit hole. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> um, fine. Um, do you ever feel, and I'm this is, you know, for context, if anybody's never seen our photos before, I am completely a 
you know, 36 year old white male. And I understand my privilege and accept that. Um, <laughs> but I guess, um, what I was going to ask is, do you feel like when a person of color, uh, especially when there's multiple awards, um, when there's a person of color that is uh, provided an award or a couple are, but then either the rest of the people are white or white males or whatever. And let's not even put gender in here. Let's just talk about people of color. Um do you ever feel like that is almost like that organization's way of checking a box? Um, and not to say that none of them deserve it, but I feel like sometimes I see a lot of institutions, um, like take the Oscars for an example. Uh, I've said that I love the Oscars, but I also kind of am ashamed of the Oscars sometimes where you had the Oscars so white hashtag trending a while back. It might even still be trending. And then the next year you had a lot of, you had a lot more people of color get nominated and then it kind of went away. And then there was one year where nobody, you know, like it's just, it's this constant struggle, but I I'm afraid sometimes that when these awards come out, they are not, it's not that they're not meaningful to the people who get them because uh, they probably are very appreciative of what they get. But I'm also worried that the, um, one of the things that we're fighting against when you're talking about the stuff that you're talking about to get more people of color, like in the limelight to like, um, to appreciate them for their legacy, the way that we've been talking about it on the show is that I'm afraid that I don't want people to misconstrue that with just checking the box. And I don't know how we get past that hurdle, but in my, from my point of view, that seems to be something that I, I think about, and I don't know if other people are thinking about it, but I'm, I'm assuming that they are. Yeah, you know, for me, when I think about it, I I don't always see it as someone checking a box. But instead, the way that I see it is if people are winning an award at an award show or something like that, mm -hmm. and then they always line up, right? It's always like the end of a Broadway show. Everyone lines up and mm -hmm. these are all the award winners. And when there's only one person of color, at least when it happened for me once in the past, I felt out of place. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't even feel like I won the award anymore. I just felt out of place. I was like looking around me like, wow, who's this? Who's that? They don't look like me. Like, am I supposed to be here? Yeah. And, and that's a sad feeling to like have to feel that way because you don't see someone who shares your culture, who shares your views, who shares your identity. Mm -hmm. And the other part to it is that in a lot of cases, when something like that happens, it's not that the person who is receiving the award feels it. It's that there's this awkward dynamic of the people looking up there. What are the people thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Are there people looking at that lineup and saying, wow, only one person of color won. They must have done something great. Or are they doing what you just asked? Mm -hmm. And thinking to themselves, wow, they only got it because they were X, mm -hmm. right? And then the, the other thing that came to my mind was this idea that when you think about a profession, the design professions being a great example, where it was and still is in many cases, generally a white male dominated profession like architecture, mm -hmm. when you don't have a lot of diversity and you don't have people of color winning these awards, what happens? 
they create an award and use the name of a person of color right. as the award. And they give that award to people of color. And to me, that is the saddest thing you can ever do because it means that we are different and we deserve different. Mm -hmm. And there's no unity in an award like that. And so there are some awards that come up every now and then. And if someone reaches out to me and it has happened before where they say, hey, uh, we're thinking about nominating you for this award and it's this for that. And then I'm like, oh, it's an award named after a person of color given to people of color. I turn it down. And I turn it down for that simple reason that it shouldn't take a person of color to win uh, an award from another person of color, you know? And so to me, I, I think there is so much more that, in, that is ingrained in this idea of winning an award that goes beyond just what the award stands for. But it also comes down to who has received it and what has the, that legacy of the award been to? Because the legacy is not just what the award means. It's who has won it before. Why is the Pritzker Prize so big in architecture? Right. It's because of the names of the people who won before, right. what they've done, what they look like, where they came from, where they designed, what kind of buildings they've created. And then when you look at other types of awards, you might not have that kind of a legacy. So to me, I know it's a... It's a, an area that most people don't want to talk about, but it's an area that needs to be talked about because I think it's valuable for us to at least open the discussion for people to start thinking about, hey, you know what? It is true. We do need to start looking at who's winning awards and why they're winning it and what the actual implications for getting there took. Was it because they had more money? Is it because they had a bigger network? Is it because they actually did what the award needed them to do to win it. And when you start to look at every perspective around an award, you eventually start to find what the value of the award is because it's beyond what the cost of it was. It actually comes down to all the things that are embedded in that one award. It's who it was given to before. It's who it's given to now. It's what the person had to do to get, to get that award. Yeah, and I, th I think what you just said, I hadn't considered what you just said before, um, but I think that that's a really important point too, because so I can't remember if I was on the board. Um, the, so we're, we're talking about like our local AIA board and I can't remember if I was on the board or I was going to be on the board or I, I, I can't remember which way it was. It was several years ago, um, but they they created an award for uh, Bob Coles, um, who's a local architect who um, is an African-American architect. And they, they don't always give out the award, um, but, you know, in our area, or I know you know this, Tim, but like in our, in our, uh, in our area or neck of the world, like he's revered as like a, a, an architect with that kind of legacy where he did a lot of things in, you know, over his career and everybody loves the guy. Um, he's since passed away, unfortunately, but you know, his, his legacy lives on through the people that he taught. And I, you can tell when anybody talks about him that he had an impact on their life. Like you just, you get that sense about who he was. Um, and I think that the award was generated out of reverence for him 
but to your point, I think it needs to be given to a person who, and again, that I guess that's the key point, a person who is deserving of that, not just because it's a diversity award or because it's a whatever it like, it would make more sense if it was like a mentorship award or if it was like the name of whatever. And maybe that was a miscalculation on the people who put that out there. But to your point, I think that that only, um, that probably just creates more sort of systemic problems against what you're trying to solve. You know, like it's, it's not, it's helping uh, to bring people uh, or to like, um, so it, to highlight people and to note, you know, to notice people more, but probably not in the way that uh, now, again, this is just assumptions. Cause again, I'm a, not in this position. Um, people of color who just want to be noticed for their legacy, not the color of their skin and, or their culture or whatever the background was. Um, I think of this very, sort of famous interview that Morgan Freeman had uh, on 60 Minutes. And I was trying to look up the quote just now, but the reporter or the interviewer said something about Black History Month. And he said something to the effect of, well, that's ridiculous. And the guy, the interviewer was like, well, that's ridiculous. He's like, yeah, well, do you have a, you know, do you want a white history month? You know, like there's, it's just history. You know, like, let's just, let's just call it what it is. I just want to be known as an actor, you know, again, paraphrasing, but it's the thing it's along the same sentiment where it's just about being recognized for um, the right things and just giving people, giving people more opportunity. You know, I think part of the problem is, is that when a lot of these juries select people or people get nominated, uh, a point that you made earlier was that you have to have the right people backing you up to get nominated in the first place. Right. So like, then you need to ask yourself, well, why do they get nominated? Well, they have to have created some sort of legacy or they need to have done something. Well, how do they do that? Well, they need to be given opportunities or um, the ability to carve a name out for themselves. Right. So I think it all kind of, it's part of a very large complex problem. And that's why I think sometimes I personally feel very daunted by it because I don't know. I don't think there's like one, there's not like a silver bullet answer. Right. I think that's part of the problem that I struggle with. Yeah. And you, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, you know, and, and this is the the last part about the minorities, people of color that, that I'll bring up here is this idea that when you have to pay to enter to win an award or to nominate someone else, if you come from a disadvantaged background where you don't have money and you don't know where your next meal come from, what will come from, or you don't know how you're going to support something, it becomes difficult and awards get out of reach yeah. for someone in that position to apply. So when you think about people who are deserving of an award, but don't receive it, because the only people around them are the people who know what they're capable of, but can't afford the award. Like I remember sitting down and hearing people talking about nominating someone to win an award. 
And the group of people that were talking about it were people of color who came from a disadvantaged background. And we were students at the time, just sitting around talking about it. The only way that we could afford to nominate this, the person that we were talking about was to actually pool all of our money together to enter that person for a chance. And so when you talk about awards that require money, Mm-hmm. And you talk about how much money, especially at a professional level. Yeah. Sometimes it's not easy to come up with $500 to nominate a professor that you love that yeah. has changed your life. They don't know that you're trying to do it, but you have to pull together $500 when you don't even know where your next meal as a college student will come from because you're already in debt. You had to take loans. You had to buy materials for your design studios, mm-hmm. you have nothing left, but you want to nominate someone. And to me, that's where this idea of opportunity that you mentioned is a really big one. Because I think when we can talk about it more in that sense, where it's an equal playing field, where people can actually come and look and recognize the people who are being nominated because of what they've done, not because they had the support of people who were capable of putting them there, mm-hmm. then I think we're talking about a place where the award is something worth receiving. Because now you're, you're not going to be reviewing a thousand applicants. You're probably going to be reviewing a hundred thousand because yeah. now everyone can enter and everyone is on that same playing field. So I think when we talk about this idea of an award, there's so much that comes with it for me mm-hmm. because I used to chase everything that you can win. I used to love that. I love that, you know, I'm going to enter this and I'm going to beat everybody mentality. But after some time, I really thought about it. And I was like, what are we actually entering? Mm -hmm. And it ultimately dawned on me that I was entering to support a bad way of recognition. Yeah. Because when you enter to where you have to pay to like recognize someone, it's like, well, where's the money going? I don't see a benefit. It's not coming back to me. If the person won, shouldn't I get some money back? Like my, shouldn't I get my application fees back? But it never made sense to me why we're driven by this economical process of an award rather than the recognition of it instead. So, yeah, I mean, really, I think that's a good place to end on because, you know, we started at the, video game awards we ended on <laughs> diversity <laughs> in architecture so that's right uh I, I really like the discussion and uh i think you know if you guys have any more thoughts on this uh, uh please reach out to us either uh, via email at um uh hello at unpackingdesign.com or you can reach either tim or i on uh, instagram i'm arcavalley a-r-c-h-i-v-a-l-e-y and I'm at Tim underscore on. And I think these kinds of conversations in particular would be really great for um, us to just continue. I mean, we've had some similar discussions in the past, and I think they've been really helpful for, you know, even I'm having um, light bulbs go off a little bit here for myself because, I, you know, I didn't even know you felt that way, Tim. So I'm glad that you were able to talk about some of this stuff. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing up the topic and thanks everyone for joining us today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Unpacking Design. 
Check us out anytime at unpackingdesign.com. And you can also find us on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Please remember to leave a review and share this podcast with someone you know.